Hi, this is episode six of the True Change podcast with Prashant Goel. My guest this week is Hilke Faber of an organization called Constancy and also the Growth Leadership Network. I was drawn to Hilke's work because I saw that our stories share something in common and that we have some similar motivations in how we're showing up in the world. And I was interested in learning more about him and um, and having a chance to understand his work better and share it with our audience here. Hilke comes from a background of business strategy consulting, similar to myself. He grew up in the Netherlands and um, in his initial orientation, in his professional career, he was a hard-charging kind of guy and uh, oriented towards, uh, in a way that I think many of us are, a traditional notion of success. But he found that he was uh, burning out a bit sooner than he would like. And he discovered meditation and he discovered other practices that brought uh, brought out a different side of himself. And he started exploring uh, that pretty deeply. And he even considered becoming a monk at one stage. Um, these days, he has moved on and he brings in that more human element to his work. He brings in uh, the human element with the, the business side of his background. And he also continues to explore personal transformation and share that with many others in the world. Um, and, and he's working with organizations big and small to help them establish this link between personal transformation with cultural transformation and also effectiveness. I think one of, one of the things Hilke believes is that we can really have it all. We can bring out the best of ourselves. We can work with people we love and we can also be doing, um, doing great work that, that stands for something. Welcome to the show, Hilke. Thank you for being here today. It's an honor to have you. And, uh, and any, any opening comments you'd like to share with our audience? Well, thank you, Prashant. Thank you for doing this and for piloting and pioneering this series of webcasts, which seems so courageous and brave and needed and exciting and joyful and just where I'd like to be today. So thank you for creating the space for all of us to be together who are speaking and listening at the moment. So really great. And um, the, the the thing that that inspires me always is this question of, so what is true? And what, what, what is this really about? And, uh, and that's been the a guiding question, you could say, underneath all the confusion uh, in my whole life and also in the work that I do. And the older I get, I'm in my mid forties now, um, the more I realize that I really don't know. And, um, and that, that's not a problem. Actually, that's very beautiful. And that from that place, I can actually be um, much more here, more and more here and be with you and clients and myself and nature, my partner, family, friends, whoever, you know, so that, that sort of starts to become, become simpler and simpler. Um, and then these big rocks show up. So a lot of my time is, as you said, is, spent on personal transformation. I spent oodles of time on, you know, meditation and retreats and those, those things. And 
to me it's like uh, not an optional thing anymore it's a it's a requirement like i realize if i don't do it i i i fall back in the old programming that has kept me from being who i i know i am it's like no i don't want to go back asleep you know that part even though of course i'm still asleep i don't want to go in that part of a sleepness so yeah so maybe we'll start there it's great to be here wow thank you helka um you're the first guest that I've had on this podcast who is somebody I'm meeting in the moment. Until now, the first five have been dear friends of mine who I also appreciate both their commitment to a truthful path and to showing up in the world in a way that is uh, creating a positive contribution for others. And this question of what is true as a guiding question, I think is, is one that an increasing number of us are orienting towards because we're, we're becoming more and more willing to acknowledge that that confusion does exist and that that longing does exist. And we're wondering how do we relate to ourselves? How do we relate to others? How do we realize that fulfillment that some part of us knows is possible, but sometimes isn't so easy to create with the everyday challenges that that get in our way. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. Mm. And and so so this this question, you know, what is true? Who are we? Mm. Um part of me and I'm sure part of others may think that's highly impractical to think about that. Mm. Mm-hmm. and what I'm finding and, and, and the younger parts of me are not convinced of this yet so I'm saying what I'm finding is that this is the most practical question that I can ask myself mm. because when I am more and more and more who I really am I'm home and when I'm home I can be a home for others and I can be truthful I don't have to hold back I can be unflinching. Um, I can be very loving without needing anything in return, which may be a a definition of what loving actually might be about. And um, there's so much more fun Mm. because, you know, I I don't have to dwell on things that quote unquote didn't go so well if I stay in this place of who I am because who I really am doesn't really care whether things go really well or really badly, because that's all interpretation, you know? So yeah, it's it's very interesting to see. And it's interesting to hear from you that you've, uh, you've interviewed some of your friends so far and that we don't know each other. And yet, you know, spending this last few minutes with you, I already know that I know you. And this is because (laughs) the part of me that knows who I am is you. And it's the same thing. So it's everywhere. And that to me is such a like the such a great thing. Like I notice this all the time. I notice this at home. Uh with my partner. You know, sometimes when things don't go well, sort of go in the mind, and then when I go into heart awareness, all that just melts. It's like, oh, all right. Wow. Yeah. 
And then, and the same happens with clients, you know, there's like all this stuff, like I don't agree with this person and uh, we're not getting the impact we need here. And I can't believe that this person is doing that. And um, why are we like, like we have, don't have enough budget, all of that, you know, from a place of who I really am, which is, you could say awareness or that cannot be said sense of unconditionality, like a sense that's unflinching, that cannot be touched, right? Mm. All of these things are more pieces of a puzzle to play with. Yeah. And then that's so much more fun and creative. And then I, then I don't have any enemies, really. No, yeah. not really any, any enemies, you know. So it's, it's, Every, it's amazing to discover this. Everything you're sharing, um, I'm really appreciating. I'm, I'm noticing how you're talking about what is true as being the most practical question you can ask yourself. And then you're helping us to understand how deeply practical that is because it shows up in your relationship with your wife. It shows up in your relationship with your clients and it shows up in us just meeting now. And I have to say that in speaking to you and in feeling you coming from this truthful place inside yourself, I can only say that I feel at ease and I feel comfortable and I feel grateful for having this conversation. I'm excited to meet you. And, and there is something deeply practical about that because it's how we're showing up in the world. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it's like uh, getting to know who I am, self with capital S, is the priority. Yes. And yeah. all of these experiences, talking with you, uh, speaking with clients or teaching a course at or, or writing an article at, you know, a brand name institution. All of these is ex are experiences. And you know what most of them show me? Who I'm not. Because <laughs> yeah. there's still a little bit of me that thinks like, gosh, you know, when I have, um, I, I, I recently this week, actually, last week I came up with, a, or not it, I came up, it came up with, and then I was able to write it down an acronym with sort of the seven identities in, in one of the, the modules that I often work with on clients is called the seven fear families, which are loosely associated with the seven chakras or the seven energy centers or seven levels of intelligence or however you want to say it, you know, mm. and, and, and the acronym is like, it's, it's success. So I, we all want to be successful, right? And yeah. so all, all what these, these experiences show me is that none of these seven things, and I'll say it in a second, are actually me. They're just experiences mm -hmm. like clothes or like um, clouds in the sky. So the first one is safe. You know, I want to be safe, like grounded. That's financial security, you know, uh, making sure I have a place to sleep. And all this. Yeah, of course I want that, but it's not who I am. And then there is, um, I want to be understood. I want a sense of, or sense of uni uniting with others. Like I want to connection you know and the desire comes in and social empathy and recognition but in the end of the day you know, especially like one of my teachers says oh go go get a lot of that you know i remember i once i was really obsessed with somebody and um and and i was ashamed of it and he said no no go for it 
And then I just mm. let myself have the experience. And then I came to the other end. It's like, oh, wait, this is not who I am either. <laughs> uh, you know? And then yeah. there's like the, the third one, which is about being in control. Like, like uh, for example, in this conversation, part of me would like to know where it's going. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, that has, doesn't lead anywhere. Like there's only a seemingness of control doesn't exist either then i want to have certainty like i'm in the, and this closes off the heart you know i want to know uh what's happening i want to like this starts very early because you know hey somebody says uh hilka you're two years old what's your name and hilka is able to say maybe three years old hilka and mom or dad says great you know and so i always want to find the right i want to have a sense of certainty like create a certain universe not true and then i want to um, be useful, like essential in a, in a way. You know, I, I want to make sure that, I, like in this conversation, like part of my ego, my personas want to make sure that this is really useful. And not only that this is useful, but that I am useful. But that's not who yeah. I am either. And then there's yeah. the sapient one, right? That's the one that wants to sort of, sort of be all-knowing and have all the right answers for you and these people. And, and yeah. you know, and for myself, like, uh, what's this life for, for example? I would really like to know the answer. What happens after dying? Uh, all this stuff. And then lastly, um, the sense of being special, you know, this being somebody, you know, yeah. uh, like, uh, you know, like, wow, look at, look at this person that has all this, this resume and all this. Like so what I'm realizing more and more that these going through these seven identities, you can call them success personas. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they're, they're all mirages, and yeah. they're not. But they're not. They're like a theme park. It's not like yeah. wrong to go through the theme park. <laughs> yeah, I'm not right. a theme park because I'm never gonna get fulfillment from it. Mm. So, so, and then the good news is when I start to see more of that, then I start to become less hooked onto it. And then I start to have more space because mm. if I don't have to be safe, I can actually be more free. If I don't have to be belong anywhere, I can just be more free. If I don't have to be certain or control, I, I'm more free, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's a, yeah. I, I feel this link between letting go of a safety or perceived safety um, and, and freedom is really a special one and how you've linked it to this theme park and these different identities. It's because I think we all know on some level, I think one of my views is that um, what unites us is this, this deep longing for our own potential, you know, and to realize ourselves. And I think some people maybe more, aware of that longing than others, but I think it unites us nonetheless. And, um, and so we're wondering what is the path towards that and how, how do we go about moving in that direction? And, and this, this idea of go get a lot of that, it, you know, so we can really enter that and see, okay, that was fun, but that's not the ultimate thing that I want to arrive at is it's a, it's a way of living life in a satisfying way because it's like you, you act on, on what's interesting to you. You go into it, you enjoy it and you move through it and you, and you go on to the next thing that's interesting to you. And you feel yourself really expanding in that process. You feel yourself getting more and more connected to that over time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So Hilke, to um, I think it would be interesting to understand a little bit of what informs you because you speak about it very, uh, very clearly, very vulnerably, very uh, in a way that is accessible to me, you know, and and I assume is accessible for many others, given that the nature of your work has uh, has has touched a lot of people, and so. I'm wondering what what are some of the the primary influences like when you went deep into this and you even explored being a monk at one point what were some of the, your world it seems to me your world was probably opening in, into areas that you had never explored before but was very rich very exciting and what were some of those influences in that time um that were most meaningful to you yes so, um, not to take a shortcut, but mm. just to put a word out there, mm. and it starts with L and ends with I, life. You know, it's, it, is, yeah. it was really taking in life and life like shoving a mirror in my face so that it could no longer look the other way. Yeah. Mm. So, um, this was, and, and, and this had, if I look back, you know, the, the Cherokees has a, have a beautiful saying. Uh, it's called listen, listen to the whispers so you don't have to hear the screams. You know? Listen to the whispers so you don't have to hear the screams. And I was a master in not hearing the whispers. Yeah. yeah. So, for example, like, I would go to Carnegie Hall in New York City and I would sit there and I would cry uncontrollably. Why? Not because I was touched by the music, because, but because I felt I was sitting on the wrong side of the room. Because... I was a kind of a talented musical person. Like I was in the Dutch youth uh, wind orchestra as a French horn player, I made records and stuff like that. But I put it aside because, you know, I had to be safe and I had to be somebody, I had to be special. Yeah. So I just put it away. And, and, but there was always a, a talk like, oh, like, where, where's Hilka, you know? And then at the end of my 20s, I this started happening in all kinds of parts of my life. Um, I, I always had this sense of like, well, I I do like men as well, um, and but you know you're not supposed to to like men. And I had had a girlfriend in my twenties, and we were almost getting married. And but then uh, I fell in love uh, again, and this time it was with a man. And so yeah. actually, my current partner um, is a, is a is a man. And so, um, so I, I was like, oh, and of course, for a while, my mind made up to that that was the answer to all my unrest. But actually, from that only came more unrest, um, and a little bit of home coming home, but uh, more unrest. So, so much so, and I would say my greatest teacher in my life so far has been insomnia. I could not sleep sometimes for days, sometimes for an entire week, I would not sleep a wink. Mm. And I tell you, Prashant, like, I don't wish that on anybody. And yet I wish it on everybody because yeah. that was, it was like, I would, I would, I remember like trying to go to bed and go to sleep and I would be just terrified. It's like another night of not sleeping. And, you know, mm. the sleeping pills and that. And then at some point, I discovered meditation. 
And I discovered meditation while I was on vacation in Vietnam. Mm. So my body clock was upside down coming from the US. So the likelihood of me actually sleeping was even less because of uh, <laughs> jet lag. And, yeah. and uh, so I'm telling this because life has a very interesting way that if we don't listen, if I don't listen, it will show me at some point in, in very fierce ways and sometimes very kind and loving ways. So in this way, the loving way was I, I discovered meditation after one hour of meditation in this very noisy Buddhist temple in Ho Chi Minh City. Yeah. I suddenly slept for six hours straight and I hadn't slept for a few, like more than a few hours for years. And I was like, wow, this feels like home. So that made a tremendous impact. And, and, and so then, and I would notice this huge difference between my life, my, my life life yeah. and my experience on the cushion sitting, you know, for weeks sometimes. And yeah, it's like who I really am. It seems like if I have a choice, it's the meditative Hilka, not the acting in the world Hilka. And so right. I took that very far or maybe delete very because it's very relative. Other people have mm. taken that much further. Mm. Um, and I said, okay, um, maybe I need to then de devote my life to this. And, and I decided to devote my life to, to consciousness, to, to waking up. You know, mm. to, and, and I was then part of a Tibetan Buddhist tradition and very much interested in that way of thinking and, and that so it's like sitting in Carnegie Hall, that longing to be the divine musician, to to be the divine song has never left me. Um, even, you know, life hasn't been a cakewalk all the time. I've definitely had my share and, of learning and I continue to have my share of learning to work through some of the karmas and the conditioning that, I, that, that are in this life for me, you know, my teachers. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I'll say about that is I find at this moment in my life um, tremendously helpful. A, um, uh, a spiritual teacher that I work with, um, and I, one of the things I learned from him is not to put anybody in a pedestal, including him. Mm. So it's like it's saying it's really about 100% self accountability and saying, okay, you cannot defer to anybody. Um, mm. And I, I also did that identity, like following the guru and almost giving everything away to almost doing that, not doing that, but yeah, to, you know, so to fall, to sort of rest in the lap of the guru. And I'm not saying that's not a good path. It's just for my conditioning. It was just not what I needed. Well, just right. exactly what I needed, but not to wake up because it was creating another dependency. So right yeah. now, what like the life continues to, to, to wake you up. And, and so um, right now this working with the, with the teacher, my my personal relationship with my my partner who happens to be african-american which is also very interesting to to mm -hmm. work through all of those conditionings that have to do with judgment and um and um and then i'm also part of a 12-step program okay uh, that i've signed in signed up for the last signed up for the last uh you know in the last six months yeah. uh, because i noticed there was some obsessive thinking about areas of my life that I wasn't able to free myself from through all the practices that I was doing. And then somebody recommended this 12-step program to me. 
And um, I found that there's, you know, step step one is basically we're saying that our lives have become unmanageable. Yeah. You know, that we cannot, that the thinking has become unmanageable in my case, that part, yeah. which kept me yeah. awake. I mean, insomnia. And and so, so then giving it to a higher power, which is the next step, yeah, which is really about coming home is like, you know, it, I, I'm starting to see the, the effects of that. So, so if this, this is a bit of a, this is not a, a neat story. It's a, I think it's a very messy story, but um, f- thankfully the, the theme, like the, the song that's been guiding me is the sense of like, I want to go home. Yeah. Well, I was, I was feeling this and what you were saying and, when you described home um, in different contexts, but for example, in Vietnam, it felt like, wow, this sense of home is such a great North Star, you know, it's something you can set your ship by. And and I think it ties very well into this Cherokee, Cherokee quote that you offered us about the, the screams and the whispers, because... I think many of us, if I, even if I'm just trying to be as objective as possible, are masters of that as well, you know, in, in that those screams are so loud, but because the context sort of reassures us on some level that we're doing okay, we, we miss those clues inside, you know, and, and I think our willingness to listen to those clues is the, is the first step in, in waking up, you know, in, in the humility that it takes to say, you know what, this is unmanageable for me. I, you know, even after years of working on myself to acknowledge that is such a great act of humility. And I feel like, you know, it, there's this mind tendency that wants the story to be neat, that wants it to be linear, that wants to have a structured progression. But when when we start the act of following what home is, that follows like, what are the screams and in, in even maybe sometimes I can hear the normal conversational volume. I don't think I can hear the whispers yet, you know, but I can hear normal conversational volume. When, when I can hear those things, what are they saying to me? And to stop and pause and acknowledge like, you know what? This isn't working for me. What what society, what this well-laid course of outward success has given me isn't working for me, you know? And I, I don't honestly feel happy. It may look good. I may have, have credibility. I may have uh, status symbols. I may be able to put up the appearances of it. But inside, you know, I, I may be doing okay. I have a job. I have a relationship I'm doing okay, but there's a question mark. And if I turn inward to that question mark, and I think you're sharing with the audience what it looks like to to follow that question mark, to explore that question mark, and to to start setting compass to something that's more truthful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's pretty messy, Prashant. It's messy. <laughs> That that doesn't sell very well in companies. It's like, hey, come come on this leadership program with me and with us. It's gonna be messy, you know. <laughs> and 
And um, but 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 what what's 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 very beautiful, Prashant, is that I find more and more people mm. who who like you're descri- describing are getting more and more tired. There, mm. I say, fed up with the consensus consciousness. Mm-hmm. Oh, I I have the this and this and that. Mm. And it's not giving, and I, I have even more of that than I had last year. Oh, and even more, or maybe I lost it all. That's mm. sometimes maybe a blessing just to lose the whole thing. Um, and, and more and more people that just, and that's very lightly said, I know that, you know, if my partner left tomorrow or if I lost all my uh, financial security tomorrow or all of my family would die, that would still be very, very challenging for the human of me. But, yeah. but there's a sense of like, we, more and more people are becoming interested in this question mm. and, and not only interested like, oh, you know, I'll just think about it on a Sunday afternoon, but I'm, I want to dedicate my life or a significant part of my life force to this. So to me, yeah. this whole path, everybody's growing and the, the rate at which we're growing is not in our control, which of mm. course my ego doesn't like because I'd love to be in control. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, and this is the paradox, I do, in my own experience, sense the, that there is a benefit to being intentional about growth. Yeah. Yes. At the same time, I can't control it, but by putting myself in it over and over and over and over again, in, in Sanskrit, there's a word that I love. It's called sankalpa. Yes. You may know it's like setting intention, right? And, it's, and when I first heard, it was like, oh, great. It's like setting intention. And then, you, you know, if you, especially if you do it in a sacred place or with a high teacher or whatever, blah, 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 then it's going to work out for you. No, it's, it's like setting as intention is the beginning where you ask yourself, if I, am I willing to set this intention every day for the rest of my life? Then, then the intention is powerful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. To live so, that self-kalpa. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I feel myself enjoying how inclusive um, your way of expressing yourself is. I feel depending on who you're speaking to one-on-one or in a group, um, you could help find a language that would help orient that person to something that gets closer to home, you know? And I feel like one of the challenges that I, I work with, even I experience myself having it in this conversation, is, you know, there's... It's, it's maybe a mistake of perception and it's something that I will heal and grow through at some point in my life with, with the, the grace of the divine or the supreme or life or however you choose to describe it. Um, but I still experience something that I see in the consensus consciousness inside myself, which is that spirit and, and matter are somehow separate and that you know the work inside myself and the work in our in our world is to recognize that these are one thing you know and to have a human conversation about that 
but I, I feel myself recognizing, wow, aren't there so many different frames of reference? And how can we orient ourselves in a conversation that we, we help the one who's in a more traditional context see that there are more expansive possibilities and help the people who maybe have started going deep into spirituality recognize the real value of the fact that we express that through our material lives? And, and how do we realize that these go together and are so supportive of, of each other and that it's all ultimately one thing. You know, I, I feel myself really wrestling with that and, um, and, and trying to understand how do I even orient myself in this podcast, for example? How do we help it be inclusive? How do we have a human conversation? You know, Hilke, and I'm really curious to hear how you see that. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, so hmm. first thing to me is uh, not try to convince anybody of anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I've read somewhere that the, the spiritual and the material is the same thing and mm-hmm. that the goal, quote unquote, is oneness and mm-hmm. that we need to awaken and all. I've read it. Yeah. Right. And I've even told people this. Mm-hmm. I've shared it. Uh, but I, I was at the retreat in the beginning of this year in Mexico and the, the teacher's dad was there and he said something towards the end of the retreat, which has been playing in my consciousness the whole time. He said, you know, if we can see that we're all part of evolution, Mm. then we can drop the whole big deal of it. This is not exactly what he said, but something like that. And, and that has been such a helpful frame for me because my mind still wants to get there understanding you know now it wants to now i used to want to get to a partnership in an apartment with the uh, uh, view of central park or you know the this most beautiful man or this this hike or the top of this mountain or this piece of music or you know anything that's euphoric and special and and now it includes the the the, the union of spirit and matter you know, you could say the union with the divine. It wants that. Like now it runs, it runs towards that. Mm. And, and, but that is, that's also the mind. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, right. so it's, it's like all of these things, spirit and matter are one. All of these things to me are helpful pointers. Mm. Um, and it's important to ground myself in who's listening to these pointers. Mm-hmm. So is it the evangelist who's trying to save the world, the rescuer, yeah. the one who's trying to get somewhere, you know, the martyr, yeah. um, any of those guys yeah. or gals, or is it the, the consciousness, the sky, just laughing at itself for its, yeah. all, all the, like for, for throwing a tantrum, temper tantrum, tantrum saying, oh, I divided spirit and matter. How funny, you know. <laughs> yeah, I got an experience of spirit and matter and I put words on it and I called one spirit and I called matter. Yeah. What if I stopped calling things what, what they're not anyway? 
what if I stop calling things altogether out? Yeah. You know, what if I just stop doing that? Like, okay, am I willing to do that? And I can still do that. Like, do, go to, to the theme parks of naming things: spirit, matter, not spirit, not matter, not spiritual, spiritual, advanced, not advanced, blah 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 blah. Or I can drop the whole thing. Yes. And to me, that's like a. To, to me, that's like. That's my so my responsibility. Or, is to to say okay. I'll I'll drop I'll drop everything as much as I and as much as I can. I cannot I cannot drop what I cannot see. You know. So. I I feel like the the younger part of myself uh, to draw on similar language that you were using earlier. You know, and to to even just offer this idea that there are you know fragmentations in our personality and there are different parts of ourself. Um, the younger part of myself does have that uh, does have that convincing side, does have that evangelism side, you know. And I and it's fun, you know, to with the with the strength of your reflection to to see that and to to smile and and give a chuckle towards that side of myself. And then there's an other part of myself which is. Um, I guess the longing in me is for for a greater shared set of references, you know, and and maybe that uh, that's not really possible to some degree because we're, there's so much diversity in the world, and we're you know coming from uh, incredible like infinite wealth of of different ways of being and showing up and influences and whatnot. Um, but even though that's the case, that longing exists in me, you know? And, uh, and so, so I guess I'm speaking to that a little bit inside myself. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I share that longing mm. for a, uh, a universe unifying language mm. that brings us together, mm. you know, something very beautiful for humans like us sitting in this conversation it's very beautiful so to yeah. humans sitting together it's good yeah. it's enjoyable yeah. yeah it's fun it's great <laughs> great love it um and then there is the um uh, this saying oh, and, and and not even judging the evangelical part saying okay that that's part of there too it's like yeah. okay fair enough yeah fair enough um so then to me, it's like, how can I, uh, stay true to who I am mm. and, and staying true to who I am means not giving energy to personas that I am not. So I'm not the evangelist. It's just a role. Yeah. I'm not the wealth, relationship, self-esteem seeker. Uh, that's not. That's just borrowed roles. They're not even mine. There, I, I learned them somewhere along the road. You know, yeah, yeah. It seemed like a good thing to fit on. You know, yeah, yeah. but at the same time, I I want to go home, and so then it, it it I do I do sense a preciousness of human life and saying I'm not going to. 
as much as I can muster the courage not to give in to that pull, which is such a strong gravitational pull, I'm going to focus on letting things go here so that I can be more and more and more who I am. And you know what? My sense is that that will be... Adyashanti is one of my t- uh, favorite uh, teachers. Says, you know, that may be your biggest contribution. Yeah. Um, that, that that sort of your 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 being that, and then get creative. You know, yeah. so so with with the the work that I do, there's there's a um, with with growth leaders network and and constancy, we've developed a language which we call growth leadership, or leading as coach. Where every moment is seen as an opportunity for presence, for learning, contribution, and excellence. And we put that in the water because we say, you know, that might be a pretty unifying idea mm-hmm. to keep nudging ourselves and maybe each other yeah. to keep looking more towards where who we are versus who we are not. Because right. we continuously basically admit that we don't know and we say every moment is in a moment to be present, which is could say come home, to learn, to say, hey, which crocodile, which reptilian brain is talking and let that go. And then since we're here to contribute, which is a lovely way to help others and to, to stretch. And when I stretch, it's a great way to get to know myself. Because yeah. it's much I can say I'm a very compassionate person until somebody calls starts calling me names. And I realize how compassionate I really am. You know, yeah. that's a good way to start waking up. And then, and then there's um, excellence. There's that. What I found is, is, is if excel, I love, I love the word excellence, as in exerting. Mm. Yeah, it's like I'm as a singer. Like I, I find so much uh, strength by uh, opening the whole thing, like opening the whole body, so that the voice can come out. There's, there's an exertion. So, mm. so th- we use those as pointers, you could say. And we yeah. like those. Yeah. We like pointers. Yeah, I feel this language of growth, learning, contribution, and excellence uh, is, a, is something we can, I think, broadly relate to. And... Um, I guess I'm coming, my, my, something inside me wants to go back to uh, exploring what you said earlier about, about the music being in Carnegie Hall. And, um, and, and the music may or may not have been touching in certain moments, but the feeling of the other side was actually where more of a sense of home is. And, and these days you get to express this side of yourself with kirtan singing, with, uh, uh, with, with, I guess you would call it devotional chanting, you know, like singing of probably mantras and, you know, very common in the yoga world and, uh, and in sort of ancient, ancient Indian traditions as well, it goes far back. Something that I very much appreciate. It's one of the favorite my favorite things. And, um, and I'm just wondering, I don't even know why I want to bring us back there, honestly, but I feel that there was something very precious in what you said about it. And I didn't give it, get a chance to give it attention. And I just want, maybe you can unpack it a little further for us. Ah. All right. So this to me is like life in action Mm. because 
one of my favorite ways of expressing is through song. Mm. And uh, yeah, that things somehow make sense. Words, mm, yeah, getting there sometimes. Song, very often, especially when the, like in singing, I see this as well, this sort of like having to be, I'm a trained opera singer. So there's, there's, there's a lot of training about how one should sound and, and it, there's a beautiful tradition behind it as well. It's like this, like sound and how to work with sound. And, but, the, but when I get into the persona of, like having to sound a certain way, then then it's me trying to sound a certain way, and then I'm actually not doing my work. Yeah. When I'm really allowing myself to sound. The 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 healing, the connection. Yes, opens up a lot. And I I feel a strong pull towards making that a much bigger part of my life. And um and of course my mind wants to try to figure this out and say, now you need to do this hundred percent. It's like you need to become a monk. Now you need to become a kirtan singer, hundred percent. You know, I do lead retreats and things like that and with kirtan and um but it's a, a relatively small portion of my time. More of my time, I work on leadership with companies using words or like writing a book or something like that. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that you're, you're coming up with this because I feel like the older I get, the more that becomes a Carnegie Hall tension mm. that hasn't completely... Um, resolved itself that's still nudging me so that there still seems to be more that this being needs to be doing and expressing through song and uh, it's interesting that behind you are a few instruments on the screen that I see wow and uh, yes. and uh, and it's like uh, it's like life is like wakey wakey so what are you going to do? So just like uh, just to, sorry to pause you there for a second. It's very interesting that you bring that up because um, in terms of pointers, which is something you spoke about earlier, I think one of our great guides in life is synchronicity or you know the mysterious coincidences. And uh, to describe for our audience, in that moment, I just switched locations in my home because the battery on my computer was running low. And I shifted over to my couch where just behind me are three kind of small sculptures of beautiful little music, musical instruments. And in that moment, Helka was speaking about this, this impulse, this, uh, this thing inside him, which is moving this direction of increasing, you know, increasing his, the role of music in his life. And so it's, it's very powerful, and I feel like if we open ourselves to how life works, it's this beautiful all the time. I was 
I was driving on the street this morning to drop my wife off, and um, I had. I had been the last few days. She's been pointing out how I don't do anything to avoid the potholes on this dirt road, you know, and and just yesterday、uh, we listened to、uh, satsang, a discourse of our spiritual teacher, and he was talking about the potholes in the road, you know. And then this morning, my wife was.、Uh, Like really giving me clear guidance about because she has driven the car many more times than me about where the potholes are and you know like where how to navigate it you know and it just the sense of how beautiful life is and these synchronicities and I feel myself wanting to ask you Hilka you know you set out this course a long time ago where. You know, there's a great capability in you to navigate business contexts, and you've brought so much of this other side of yourself into into that world in ways that are satisfying, enriching, meaningful for you, supportive of others. You've managed to continue to explore your meditation practice, to go deeper into kirtan singing. Um, even to the extent of leading retreats, which I'm sure people are really touched by, and and I just wonder, you know, in this moment where there's a possibility for contribution, learning, excellence, and growth, and life shows you these music instruments behind behind me, what what comes up for you? Where where do you sit with that? I feel quite moved.、Mm. I feel quite moved.、Um, uh, it's like being the divine song in the world is is like what's being asked, and、um, maybe it's not so much about the form, or even though the form is of course beautiful, but it's to be that divine song in everything.、Mm. And I, I do sense that because that there's part of me that maybe never want to do dishes again, or never wants to fill up the tank of gas, or never wants to sit in a plane again, or you know that wants to sing all the time. But I know that's not the answer. the The, the answer that's not true. Wow.、Uh, what's more true? More true feels like to be the song in all of that.、Wow. And not not to get attached to the idea of sounds pretty good. The kirtan singer. Now you must be close to God, <laughs> <laughs> you know, or、uh, any of those. To me, it's like ah,、oh, so how? What can I learn from song and music? And what can we learn from song and music about who we are and who we are not? What's true about us?、Mm-hmm. And and then、uh, expressing that and being that song in the world.、Mm. So so the the implications for me. It's it is a process of、um, uh, letting go. So the the young parts of me that don't want to be a song in the world, you know, that want to be in sort of drama or want to stay in problem. Or want to fix, or want to make sure that save the world, or you know change people, or
um, not feel this or that. But as music is all inclusive, mm. so it's like it it's 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 not hang my head. It's like not hang. Music doesn't hang its head anywhere. It's like okay, I'm just going to yeah, and and then of course there there's the question of me, right? So it's that now we're we're talking as if we're two people, but at some point, and this is more because I've been told, and in part because I've seen some of this, but like a little like little glimpses, like well, but there's not a person sitting here. You know, the sky talking to itself. So, yeah, I, I think it's the mystery of the music that are, we're being asked to, that, that in this moment is being asked here. It's like, oh, Hilka, Prashant, people listening, you know, what's the mystery in your life, in our lives that we may be ignoring? Like, what's that mystery? Uh and how how have you been trying to make sense? And what if you threw all that out? Mm. You know, what if we threw all of that out? Like everything we think we know, why don't we just throw all that out? Mm. All this this wise stuff and not wise stuff, and 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 just surrender and say, okay, you can have it all now. Yeah. Just take it all. The word leadership, it's one of my favorite things. The word leadership comes from the word leith, L-E-I-T-H, Old Middle English, mm. which is related to the word, or it's the root of the word, lethal. Mm. And leith means to die. So to be a leader means to die. So there's a lot of wisdom in that. Right? To be human, to be a leader, to, to be a leader of yourself, others means that we need to die. So to me, leadership is a dying practice. It's a dying away of everything that we're not so that we can be swept away by, by the mystery that we actually are, that has no words, that cannot be categorized in a role or one set of Carnegie Hall. No. Wow. Because I could have run to become a professional musician. Yeah. I could have done that, but no. Throwing out the baby with the bathwater to a certain extent. Um, because my guess is that these various expressions fulfill you in different ways and having that awareness of the deeper part of yourself that can express, as you said, regardless of the form is, um, is what's really important and is the, is the music, is the home, you know, is the North Star, is who you, what is really true for, for you in that moment. And I experienced this conversation the same way in certain moments where something you say is exactly in tune with my moment and is the sky speaking to itself and something I will be able to digest and process and learn from, you know, and, uh, and that's really, really special. And I, I'm glad that we're sharing that experience each in our, in our own unique way. And we're coming to, to a close here, Hilke, on this, uh, on this idea of needing to die to ourselves, the, the root of leadership. 
this divine song and expressing that in the world. And, uh, and that's, that's a good a place as any, you know, I'm just feeling myself very grateful for this conversation, feeling grateful in the ways that you encouraged me to, to take a closer look at some certain elements and to share yourself very, very openly. And I, I feel the emotion on your face as you share certain things. And uh, it's really rich for me and, and I'm sure it will be for others as well. And I just love to give you a chance to say any last thoughts, any, any advice you would want to share with the audience if, if you feel so inclined, anything that feels right for you to share in this moment. Thank you, Prashant. Um, my advice is something what I'm, I'm learning through this conversation, which is create these spaces of conversation. Let's create these spaces of conversation like you're creating with each other, starting with ourselves and with each other. This, 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 the sitting together, looking for truth and, and knowing that we will never be able to say it, but yet still looking that, it's just so so exciting yeah there's a quote on my office wall and I'll, I'll, I'll pause I'll leave it there which is by Nisargadatta Maharaj and many of us might know it but when the tough weather or the sunny weather or somewhere in between hits me I, I always get inspired by it so it's kind of capturing to me the essence of what we've been talking okay. about in ways that I don't even fully understand yet and not me even, but I don't fully understand. It's like once you realize that the road is the goal and that you're always on the road, not to reach the goal, but to enjoy its beauty and its wisdom, life ceases to be a task and becomes natural and simple, in itself an ecstasy. May it be so, may it be so. And the choice that's available in every moment as you've been uh, been sharing with us. And uh, words of a master to, to bring this conversation to a close. Thank you very much, Hilka, for being here with me today and for sharing yourself so generously. And, uh, and I look forward to other moments of continuing this conversation with you. And... Uh, and that's, that's episode six of the True Change podcast here with Prashant Goel, my guest, Hilka Faber. You can find more about Hilka at, at Constancy with two E's at the end and at Growth Leadership Network. These are two of his primary platforms. You can find his articles on Harvard Business Review as well and get, get deeper in contact with some of his thinking. And uh, you can find him at a Kirtan retreat somewhere near you in, uh, in the coming days. And uh, thank you so much, Hilka. And that's us signing off for today. Bye-bye. Namaste. Namaste.